Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses, offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing, and retail industries by visiting epicor.com slash essential. That's epicor.com slash essential. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business success, build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. In this episode, we feature the dynamic duo, Michael and David Blair. Based in Montgomery County, Maryland, Michael founded Badlands, a 30,000 square foot play and learn center. David is a healthcare executive. He started Catalyst Health Solutions and grew it into a Fortune 500 company. My conversation with the Blairs is a playback from Small Business Network at Montgomery Community Media. Our topic was couples that work. During our conversation, we got real about the journey as a power couple and how they've been able to navigate life as a couple in business while raising six, yes, six children and pursuing their passion for business, philanthropy, and more. Lean in, folks. This episode is all about optimizing relationships. Meet the Blairs once again. Thank you so much for being here. And, yeah, and since we're talking about this subject of navigating life as a couple in business, I would love to just get some background just about how you guys met and all that fun stuff. And you guys can do rock, paper, scissors yeah. over yeah. which version of the story <laughs> you want to choose. But how did you guys meet? Oh, what? You always do such a better job with this. Uh, I like to say we, were, we met at work. We yeah. worked in the same building. Different companies, same building. Yeah. yeah. Mutual f- friend introduced us. Yeah. Yeah. That's sorry, that's not that. I'm sure there's like a juicy story behind it. We can talk about that one later, right? (laughs) So now provide your your backgrounds. Like what's your business background, all that good stuff. Sure. So Kelly, so my my dad was a serial entrepreneur in healthcare. And so growing up as a kid, I just thought that's what you did. And so when I was in my early twenties, my brother and I started a small healthcare company. It was a small business government contract set aside and um, we did that in our twenties and we thought that was the biggest thing ever, mm-hmm. and um, after a few years, like okay, so there's more, and so I've just been in healthcare services my entire business career, and uh, and continue to do that. Okay, mm-hmm. and how about you, Michael? I like to think my business career started when I became a mom, mm-hmm. so I I kind of lean on that for most of my business acumen. I think you're you're learning a lot from you know the minute pregnancy begins and the juggling and the, the balancing begins then I think mm-hmm. so and now that's an interesting spin because oftentimes people will marginalize 
like motherhood. Like you certainly don't put it in the context of business ownership. But to your point, there's a lot that goes. I mean, there's project management, right? <laughs> there's the hiring and firing, so to speak, or you know, staff now, that development. Would be interesting. <laughs> firing, yeah, that would be hard. deciding yeah. who, what night who gets well, the hiring, fired. I guess, right? Yeah, so not right, the firing. But yeah, it's just managing that whole dynamic of household and family yeah. and children and all of the different moving parts. But mm-hmm. now, talk to us about your transition from motherhood into entrepreneur. Yeah, so I began as my children's um, chief administrative assistant (laughs) and then (laughs) figured out that um, there was a need, a void in our space for a place uh, for the whole family to, um, you know, multi-use children unstructured play, parents kicked back with coffee or wine, Um, but really just from observation alone, uh, when they were very little, being out and about, uh, I would see, you know, we might go to name a Smithsonian, they love the Air and Space Museum, Natural History Museum, and we would spend, you know, the entire morning slash afternoon at the museum, very educational, I was very proud of my momming. And got the gold star for the day. But then um, we'd get home and they would start to climb the windowsill or jump on the couches. Or And I'm exhausted because I've been at the museum all day walking and pushing strollers and feeding people. And then um, they, they still had a ton of energy. And the, what accumulatively I recognized was, okay, there, there's really not a space for both of that. Mm component of this kind of educational intrigue because they will catch their attention on something for, you know, 10 seconds or 10 minutes and then proceed to go try to climb a wall. Right. So um, that's, and then David got tired of me talking about this idea (laughs) and literally pushed me off the cliff and said, okay, so you're really passionate about this. You have to either stop talking about it Mm -hmm. Or do it. And that's how that began. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome. So, but now, because you mentioned the Smithsonian, so of course Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. why Montgomery County? Like, why did both of you choose to sort of locate businesses in Montgomery County? So, for, for me, um, it's where I was born. Mm-hmm. And so my family was here. And so there wasn't even really a conscious choice at first. So, for me, it was more so why did you stay in Montgomery County? Mm, yeah. And so what I found, um, the benefits that we have in Montgomery County. So one, we have a tremendous talent pool. There's a lot of very smart individuals here. Mm-hmm. It was also really easy to recruit individuals to come to Montgomery County. So whether it was the public school systems, the great communities, you know, access to the federal government. And so once we had the business here, it was easy to grow it mm-hmm. here. And that's why we, we always stayed here. Gotcha. Beautiful. Now, what about a day in the life? Because I know, Michael, you talked about previously, before you started the business, a day in the life of your momming. Um, what does it look like now? Like, how would you describe your business and family life? So I would, compl- every day is completely different. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we, is, we try to practice is having coffee once a week together, and we just go through calendars. So we get together Friday morning, we just say, okay, you know, sporting events, dinners, galas, and try to, because every day is so different. I will say, since Michael started working, I've tried to step in more and say, okay, I'll take the kids to school, I'll pick them up, I'll try to make dinner, but that doesn't work out so well, so. (laughs) 
I'll be the secret reader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't cook anymore. <laughs> I only cook when Michael's out of town. <laughs> yeah, that's our rule. <laughs> well, and I've been to your home, and I know she's quite a, I mean, all the containers are labeled, and yeah. I mean, you are just, yeah, that's every That's day. impressive. Yeah, of course. No, it's because five film people were at our house, <laughs> and I had to apologize. I'm like, this is not... This is not casual. This was staged. I'm sorry. I know you told me not to stage it, but I'm not going to let you see behind that curtain because no one would eat. There will be tears, and we need to keep it real for for this. Yeah, no, every day is a juggle. We're juggling every day. We're juggling because, you know, as soon as you think you have it figured out, then somebody turns 7 or somebody mm. turns 21 or right. somebody turns 16. And so with six of them, which I still is fascinating for me to say 13 years later with six children um, where there's it's going to evolve it's just always moving and we're trying to keep up and move with it mm-hmm. um, so David does not cook dinner very often mostly because I'm I'm evil in the kitchen and he is very capable but I, I my preference is that he we do other things. Yeah. yeah, we have fresh food. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what do you guys do to keep your relationship? Of course, you've got, like, the coffee, the Friday coffees right. or what have you, where you're focus- focusing right. on business, perhaps. What are you doing to actively grow in your relationship together? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to jump into conscious leadership. Yeah. So uh, probably five years ago, mm-hmm. Michael and I um, got into a conscious leadership forum and we practice 15 commitments around um, commitment to reveal, not withhold, um, around integrity, clear agreements. And it's really been a phenomenal experience for us. Um, yeah, so conscious leadership is just a practice, a methodology of keeping it real, so to speak, and staying, um, trying to be, you know, live in the present moment as much as possible. But also the weekly review meeting, if you will, is... You know, that's not fun. It's like, who's doing this? Who's, what meetings do you have? So it's an important part of our organizational life system. But we were doing that on dates. And so that was not oh, working. Yeah. So what wasn't working was, okay, it's date night. Oh, my gosh, there's so much to catch up on. What's your calendar? Where are you going to be this week? And then I'm like, the, the night's halfway over. This is, ugh, yeah. ooh. Yeah. So we have tried this weekly coffee, mm-hmm. which is working mm-hmm. right now. Might have to change it. Mm. It might turn into lunch next time. Or happy hour. Or happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) Or happy hour. Um, But learning something new. I was going to say tennis. Like, we both chose to learn tennis together. Snowboarding. Snowboarding. Yeah, Yeah, that. We learned how to snowboard together. (laughs) Yeah, and we're still married. So that was, yeah. We can get down that mountain now one way or another. Uh (laughs) Now, is that something, the conscious leadership, that's something that you all do together? Or how do you integrate also, because you have adult children as well so how do you integrate like all like activities where it's every child's need is met or is that an imbalance that you guys sort of have so so the one activity that we've grown into over the last five years is skiing Mm -hmm. and we were never a ski family but i kind of get it because you all suffer together right it's cold the equipment doesn't fit you fall down Mm -hmm. and then so at Mm -hmm. dinner that night it's Mm -hmm. this phenomenal conversations about oh did you see me do this and this and so we I bet we've done that every year, at least once a year for the past five years with the whole family. Mm-hmm. And they, everyone seems to enjoy that. And despite the fact that Michael and I are not like 
it's really cold. Should we go to somewhere with, you know, palm trees? Right, yeah. right. Or That's just something right. together. So, I mean, same thing, but, you know, game night. So we're all home. This is what we're doing. We're committed to, you know, so mm-hmm. if it's not a vacation, because obviously you don't want to save all those moments for vacation. Right. So if everybody happens to be in town now with children in college, so Thanksgiving is a good example, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll ask for everyone to come together. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to sit around and look at all of these children in different stages now and how they have their own um, uh, little club, <laughs> you know, forming um, outside of us. And, uh, yeah, but the conscious leadership part, that does play a part because it is, I would say, on a weekly basis, the conscious part of the, re- the reminding ourselves and noticing is, okay, I need to remember to reveal you know, everything as much as possible, all my feelings to David and not withhold. Mm-hmm. So that, in working together, has been a critical piece to, frankly, our success mm-hmm. in marriage is revealing, not withholding, mm-hmm. um, allowing each other to feel all the feelings in a safe place. Right. And yeah. Michael's really good at revealing. So. <laughs> Sometimes she's too good. I don't have to practice that one so much. I think I should practice the withholding more. <laughs> yeah. So how have you guys come to balance, or is there a balance? Like, how do you have a healthy separation between, okay, this is business, this is family, this is our time? How does that work in your household? I think we take a completely different approach. And so for me, it's just all about the calendar and making sure that you say, okay, I want to be home for dinner, you know, two or three times a week. I have to be, my last meeting can't start after, you know, four o'clock or something. Mm -hmm. And so just being really disciplined about not scheduling stuff so that you have that healthy balance. Mm -hmm. But I think you take a different approach to it. I I don't know. I have no idea how you (laughs) manage it. I I think the calendar is a crutch. So certainly the calendar is the, the, the framework and um, but the balancing of, I mean, there are certainly, I think yesterday I was driving home thinking, okay, work is done, put the phone away, walking in, focusing on children and eye contact, FaceTime, mm-hmm. real FaceTime. Right. Um, I think it's a conscious decision every day and in each different phase of your day of, and David's really good about, you've, you've always been really good about that. But let me, so Kelly, let me jump in, because so what's been interesting as a business person there's, there's so many different ways to be successful in business. And so I thought, like, my way was the best way, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I've seen Michael get into business over the last four or five years, she's taken a very much different approach. And I'm like, oh, well, that really works well, too. And mm-hmm. so... Like, that, give us an example. Like, what, do you have an example off the top of your head so, where you saw that? Um, so I think Michael does... So I have a finance background, so I always look at the numbers everything. Like, Michael has a cr- much more of a creative background. Mm-hmm. And so... She, she takes the problems more from how do we solve it with a creative solution. Okay. And I think you're, you've done a better job empowering your staff and knowing what they do well. So, yeah. Well, um, thank you. And I would just say, I've, taking notes from David, quite frankly, I always say I had, had zero, I had a little appreciation for what he um, did with his other companies. I, I, was, that was, impre- I was impressed mm-hmm. with his experience and his... Business acumen, something, something. and he had a company of thousands of employees, and I was right. like, "All right, you know, so he knows a little something." Until I got, you know, so then I had a company, and I'm like, "Oh, now I get it." Right. So you guys flip from not being a parent to a parent. It's like, "Oh, right, wow." Okay, say that again slower. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How did you? You know, so that's been fun, 
and uh, learning or reappreciating him in a whole new way, and his very sweet balance of how much to get involved and when not to get involved. So that's been a really fun, which I think couples in business face. That's a challenge. How how much of a sounding board do you want to be for someone? Right. When is it time to advise? Right. <laughs> yeah. And counsel. Right. Well, and you bring yeah. up, so that's an Im- yeah. important point to bring up because men and women, by definition, supposedly, we mm. think very differently. Mm. So how do you process those instances because and with you being a numbers guy you're probably very black and white it's this that if you're a creative it's like oh it can be anything and so how have you guys have you found conflict pop up in those moments where maybe you're like you know it's the numbers it's the numbers and you're like oh but it's not necessarily the numbers like how has that dynamic played give us an example because we all know let's keep it real there's probably moments of conflict so how has that played itself out in your relationship thousand percent yeah so i I think so my so i my role is not to fix it Mm -hmm. right so um because but the knee-jerk reaction is to say, okay, this is what I would do. Yeah. You know, you hire this person, do this. And, and so just to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's, sometimes you're like, you're just like <laughs> white knuckling. <Right. laughs> uh-huh. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to fix it for uh-huh. you. I'm just going to, so it's, it's a balance of trying to support. Right. I, I'd say one of the key things is, um, Michael's got a really good gut instinct. And sometimes she'll start to have self-doubt and just re- like, Confirm for her, like, no, you you believe in this, and this is what you said, and you should don't don't waver, and just kind of reinforcing what she already knows. You know, the right path. That's nice, mm-hmm. sweet. I would I would just add when to know when to where that line is. Right, it's just ask. Mm-hmm. Right, just ask. Mm-hmm. So, and he does that. Mm-hmm. How would you like me to support you right mm-hmm. now? How yes. would you like? Um, what best way? What's the best way I can support you in this? And it might be like, okay, explain all of these KPIs. What you know, and let's do like peel back that layer for me, because now I'm I'm open and ready to hear it. Versus um, you're he's telling me something, and I'm inside internally thinking, oh, if I had just done, we wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's it get, again goes back to. Um, deciding, you know, those moment-by-moment choices of, okay, and knowing that whatever is shared is really coming from a place of love. Like, we're not enemies. We're on the same team. We're friends. And so he wants win-win. I want to win-win just like he does. So remembering that. Yes, yes. So let's open up the floor for questions. If anyone here in the studio has a question, feel free to make your way up to the microphone. And as we're welcoming people to the microphone, another question for you. So what practical piece of advice would you give to perhaps a couple who um, is in business together and is maybe struggling with maintaining that level of, I guess, authenticity or transparency in their relationship? So, so the thing that comes to mind um, is it's, business is not that serious. And I think... That's exactly what I was going to say. Have fun. Yeah, and so sometimes exactly I think you, it's so easy to get caught up into like, oh my, that I have this best and final presentation, I have this board meeting, and it's so serious, it's so important, mm-hmm. right? A year from now, you'd be like, oh, what was that going right. on? Yeah. And so is maybe a perspective that it's not that serious and have fun with it. Well, and if it's not fun, why are you doing it? Mm. And so um, making money in all the hard ways when it's not fun is, is grinding, Versus kind of getting creative and figuring out, okay, the, the, 
planets will align when you have the passion and you can speak to people from your heart and um, that, if you build it, they will come, so. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, my name is Stephanie Hubbard, and I work for Amanda Food Center. I know that you're both very involved in the community. Can you talk a little bit about how you work philanthropy into um, your businesses and your family life? Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah. Great question. Well, I, I, um, what's interesting, um, we realized um, in the last couple of years that we've been very random with our philanthropy. Mm-hmm. And while there were certain themes... Um, we pursued a lot of initiatives that were brought to us by our friends and our neighbors, and we didn't have a holistic approach. So in the last year, we've really thought about how can we drive greater change in the areas that mean the most to us. And I think in your introduction, you mentioned like early childhood education. And so what that means is not just writing a check, but how can we sit on the board? How can we advocate at the local government level for change and really drive change in the areas that are important to us? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Hello, um, my name is Evelyn Opine, and I'm an entrepreneur. So this year coming in, I started to live my life, and of course, when you discuss the kids, more like more like um, intentional living and purposely doing something because I've put my mind into it. And so when you talked about conscious leadership, I was like, wow, we are kind of in the same path. But for me, just starting in, how do I continue to make that like a comfort, yeah. con- constant effort? Well, congratulations on starting a business. So first off, that takes a tremendous amount of courage, Mm -hmm. especially when you're a parent. Mm -hmm. So hats off to you. Mm -hmm. Um, How how do we incorporate that in... You know what? I I think also sharing and revealing to our children Mm -hmm. exactly where we are in any given moment, age-appropriate... is very uh, supportive to them and helpful. I think not shielding them from, okay, mommy has a lot on her mind right now. I've got all these problems in my head I'm trying to solve. Give me two minutes. I'm going to go think, and then I'm going to come right back to you. And then you'll have my, you know, the whole me. Or I like the idea, too, and I don't know how old your children are, but... Someone wants five. How? Eleven and five. Okay, so yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Two very different in phases, and we. Someone once said to me that doing the timeout for your children is fine. There's thinking out there on that. Lots of studies. However, giving ourselves a timeout is far more powerful, and that is something I do, and I think it is. I, you know, explaining to our children. So I'm starting to notice that I'm getting worked up. I'm, I'm noticing that in my body, I'm, I'm getting irritated and agitated. So I'm just going to go take a time out, and then I'll be right back for you, and you'll have the full me. And they are, you know, now they're used to it. But in the beginning, it was like, huh, that's. She never does that to me. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't happen. Just kidding. Uh, we, we actually do have to do that. I'm just going to take a time out. I'll be back. I'll be back, uh, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I hope that helps. Yeah, it does. And I, just talking about involving the kids, I told them I'm coming to this event at 8. The bus doesn't come at 8.30. So I was like, okay, how do I do this? Yeah. And so I told them, and my 11-year-old was actually rushing me out of the house. Aww. Like, leave. You're going to get late. Aww. So this is the first time I appreciated having 
ha- him having a phone because yeah. I had to call. Are you close to the bus yet? Yeah. So and you empowered him yeah. too. Yeah. That's empowering. Yeah. And I think the more that we begin to trust our children right. at earlier ages, which I'm sure all of us in this room, our hands weren't held. We didn't have cell phones growing up. You know. So I think that's um, that's a cr- tremendous learning. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I love the way, just back to your response, I love the way that you shared that had that level of transparency with your kids to say, this is what I'm feeling right now. Because I think far too often we're internalizing things and or they may be internalizing things and not quite know how to communicate it. But you've modeled for them a way for them to communicate in a way that helps you to understand what they're thinking and feeling as well. So that's really cool. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, uh, Greg Smith with M&T Bank. I have a three and a half year old and a 14 month old. And my wife is a geriatric psychologist. I'm a banker. So we have very different careers. We're all over the place. So I, this whole conversation is, this is awesome. Um, How do you disconnect? How do you, I mean, you mentioned putting your phone aside. Um, I feel like we do that, but then my daughter is watching the iPad and then a phone ring comes. I'm like, no, I got to get that. I got to get my phone. So some tips there would be helpful. Yeah, take turns sleeping. (laughs) Take turns sleeping. Seriously, that is like some of the best. Like that, I'm sure you're already doing that. Three and a half month old. Uh, No, I'm sorry, three and a half. Oh, fourteen month. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like to put my cell phone on my dresser when I get home, and so it's just not, not with me for the next two or three hours. And that, it's amazing how everything the world keeps moving. And the yeah, studies have shown that even if your phone is you know off, but even in sight that we're distracted and our brains are still connected to it. Um, But yeah, so the phone being gone and holding that time sacred and trying to remember as best we can, um, this this is fleeting. Childhood is fleeting for them and we won't get that back. And I think um, that's that's a reminding ourselves, you know, writing it on our hand, keeping it on the mirror. Be here now. Be here now with them and their little eyes looking at you. You know, it's like, we, we, then we realize, oh my gosh, I can, I could probably make more time and giving more people responsibility at work. Mm-hmm. So also making that clear agreement and commitment with others that we work with, saying, okay, you have today. Today's you. I'll take tomorrow's shift. Mm-hmm. But if anything goes, you know, you've got this one. Mm-hmm. And so I think that helps create that that balance. And then also teaching our colleagues, um, this is what I hold sacred. This is what I value. I. I want you to value and hold that sacred as well. Whether you're single or married, I hope you were encouraged by my interview with Michael and David Blair. As I reflect on this conversation, I'm reminded of a Zig Ziglar quote that reads, many marriages would be better if the husband and wife clearly understood that they're on the same side. (laughs) And with that, this concludes this episode of The Boost Podcast. Thank you again for joining us. I want to give a special shout out to the team at Montgomery Community Media for allowing us to use this audio for playback. Hey, if you guys have a minute, it would mean the world to me if you could just simply write a quick review, subscribe to the podcast, or share it with a friend. For more information, please visit kellytleonard.com. I'd also love to connect with you on social media. I am KT Leonard on LinkedIn and Facebook and Kelly T. Leonard on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to our producer and master of all things podcasty, Claude Jennings. And thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to connecting with you next time.